Live from the Great White North, this is the Canadian Investor, where you take control of your own portfolio and gain the confidence you need to succeed in the markets. Hosted by Braden Dennis and Simon Belanger. The Canadian Investor Pod. Today is January 28th, 2021. It has felt like eternity since we recorded the last podcast because of how insane this week in the stock market has been. It is stealing all the headlines and this is absolutely nuts. Like, Simon, I don't know what your sentiment is right now, but I've been talking to people who have been in this business for 50 years and they have said that this is the weirdest mix of entertainment and WTF that they've ever seen. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I am having a lot of fun with it, but I'm curious on your sentiment right now. Yeah, um, I guess I'm seeing it in a similar fashion. I'm just, I'm just happy I don't own shares of GameStop, I'll be honest, although... Uh, my wallet probably disagrees with me right now, but uh, it's just kind of an interesting experiment to look at on the sidelines and just to see what uh, what's happening. But um, yeah, do you want to give people a bit of a breakdown what happened with uh, GameStop this uh, this week and we can go back and forth? Yeah, sure. So this episode, it, I was preparing like a, a deep dive and I was going to talk about, I was going to talk about some constellation software letters from Mark Leonard, but like, honestly, it just doesn't feel right right now to talk about real fundamentals when there's this going on. So I'll save that for another time because the Mark Leonard constellation software president's letters, although that he doesn't do them anymore, they're awesome. And I encourage people to go read them on their website. Uh, but okay. So, Let's let's talk about the story so far because this has developed like by the hour at this point, and every day is like a crazy new like the plot thickens, and to be honest, I'm I'm enjoying it more than I probably should, but it's it's quite quite fun. Okay, so let's let's talk about the story so far. Simon, you can vouch for me that I've been talking about Wall Street bets since the day one of this podcast. No. Yeah, 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 you've been uh, definitely mentioned it to me more than once. Uh, even when we've we've texted, you've mentioned it, and it definitely brought got brought up on my radar. I never thought they could have the influence that uh, they did with GameStop. Um, I think personally, there was a multitude of factors that led to what we saw this week, right. and we'll go a bit more into detail for on those factors too. Yes. Okay. So. I've been vocal that like, okay, I'll, I'll be honest. I did not think that Wall Street Bets was capable of performing such a huge short squeeze, but I believe that they needed to be taken care, like considered as potentially to just be able to pump and dump whatever they feel like it uh, when the Fed is printing money, giving them checks, commission trades are zero and you can buy fractional shares. So there's no, there's no friction for them, they have all the tools to be able to do this. And, okay, so let's let's start from the beginning. So if you go to episode six of this podcast, we talk about how 
GameStop has been a melting ice cube. The business top line has been down. Uh, they're dealing with everyone downloading games directly, like direct consumer from their console and not going to traditional brick and mortar retail. Uh, they actually did have a net cash position, so that we we mentioned that they were not going to be going bankrupt anytime soon. But you know, th- this is probably a melting ice cube type business. Okay, so that that's where we start. Now, they're obviously this business. If you look at their net cash position and a console cycle coming up. There were a few activists that have been in the name for a little over a year now saying that the narrative on it being the blockbuster for video games is overstated, okay? And as much as I agree with that, I just want nothing to do with a melting ice cube. Even if there is deep value there, it's really hard to time, and it's it's difficult. It's difficult to pull off, okay? So now, enter Wall Street bets who have... This is not new. They've been trying to pump stocks for, you know, since their inception on Reddit. It's just now that there's millions of them and they've added over a million users in the last 24 hours on this Reddit, like people joining in. So they picked GameStop and a couple other names, you know, the good old BlackBerry too and AMC. But it started with with GameStop engineering a short squeeze against Melvin Capital. So Melvin Capital, a large hedge fund that was very heavily short GameStop, which is a very heavily shorted business. All There was more than 100% of shares in the float that were shorted. So this is what is referred to as a naked short. Now, like any short seller, if the stock price goes up, they have to, they get squeezed and have to buy back the shares at a higher price than what they borrowed and sold, aka short selling for. And this is what happens when they get caught in a squeeze because they were wrong about their their short thesis or the market is just not agreeing with them. Now, the squeeze gets amplified so much in this situation when it has this virality effect too. And Melvin Capital has lost billions of dollars now and this is where you know today gets even more interesting you wake up and robin hood where all these wall street betters use as their brokerage platform have just been told you cannot buy the shares but you can sell them so what does this really mean right and then now everyone's digging it up and Citadel and, and Melvin, which owns Melvin Capital, has been in the pockets of Robinhood from the beginning. They pay Robinhood a big chunk of their total revenue pie for data on inflows. And so they are attached at the hip because they have true business interests together. And this is what's really, really kind of concerning is... People are now wondering what the free market really looks like. And there's this now like Occupy Wall Street movement behind it, which I think people are getting a little too cringy with it. You know, like 
like you know like fighting for the little guy and all this stuff okay like sure you're just trying to make some money uh that's fine like people have definitely gone a little too uh sentimental on the whole thing but this is happening and it's happening right now and i just can't even wait till the market opens the next day to figure out like when do these brokerage platforms let these people take like buy gamestop again like what happens and i just i just it it could go bananas and uh it's really interesting to watch them yeah and i think we have to put like explain to people a bit more about shorting so just to build up on what Braden said. Um, I know we have some beginners listening to this. So just a concrete example of what shorting and the purpose of it. So you buy a share um, at $10. Your goal is to, you borrow the share from someone. I'll say I borrow it from Braden. I give him the shares trading for $10. I borrow one share from him. And then if the share falls to $8, I can buy back that share for $8 and pocket the $2 profit in between. The downside um, is much greater because if the share, as we saw with GameStop, keeps going up to, you know, 20, 50, 100, 200, well, you know, you're losing that amount of money. So yes, if it goes down to $8, you make $2, but if it goes up to $200, then you're losing $190. So that's why technically you're your losses are unlimited and i i always thought it was funny when people said it was unlimited but i guess now i see a bit more in concrete uh, what it is and specific to gamestop it's really important to understand that there was a perfect storm building up for that so yes you had wall street bets all acting all at once buying those shares making the price increase and then that price increase led to short seller having to cover their positions to avoid any more losses Um, but what really started the whole thing in my opinion is the fact that GameStop was a small cap stock so there's no way they would be able to do that with a large cap stock because they just don't have enough resources pulled together to really affect it and again on GameStop with the uh, hedge funds that bet on shorting it I think it kind of shows how stupid they are. I'll be right honest with it. Uh, because when we did the podcast, our own assessment was that, yes, it's not looking good long term, but they're also not going bankrupt anytime soon. And a hedge fund that would have seen that and dug into the financials and the thesis for GameStop, yes, Braden and I did not like that stock whatsoever because we're long-term investor. But shorting it, especially when there's so many shorts already on it, is to me really reckless. And I'll be honest, like I'm kind of happy that they got what they they wanted. Um, As a whole, shorting is not necessarily bad. Uh, They can really uncover some really bad businesses and some frauds. Uh, But sometimes like this, uh, I mean, you know, you get you play with fire, you get burned. That's uh, that's kind of the way I see it. It is it is reckless, right? Like how how are how is someone allowed to be short that much of the share float like it doesn't make any sense right this is the problem and it's completely reckless like someone some like michael burry like the big short guy has been long this thing since late 2019 because he thinks that there's extremely deep value in this and even if it is, uh, you know, a 
company with losing revenue every year, like their growth is either stalled or going to eventually decline to zero. Like its terminal value is probably a zero. But that doesn't mean you short something that has a net cash position and in like it's just it's it's completely reckless. So I I I'm <laughs> I can't believe what's happened so far and I'm just curious what's gonna happen next because you mentioned a good part about the the market cap is it has to have a small base for these Wall Street betters to really pump the thing. So they're just gonna move to whatever has a smaller market cap next. But at this be- at this point it's become more of about about the bigger picture and and that hedge funds have been using market manipulation for so long that now it's like who gets to decide who gets to manipulate the market so now everyone's kind of pointing fingers at each other and who's the real market manipulator but at the end of the day some people will make a boatload of cash and already have and some people will still be standing when the music stops and it's not going to be good so just be aware of that if you want to get in on the fun do not bet the house you know you got to be careful like this this doesn't end well in almost every single outcome i can think of so just be aware of that yeah and like on top of what Braden said is, in my opinion, if you're looking to get in on that kind of fun, just in, understand that you're essentially gambling. So that's that's what it is. It's fine if you want to do it. But the other thing I would say, do not do this kind of stuff in a registered account because the CRA will most likely come after you because they state that those accounts should not be used for trading. So you may think you've made a nice penny, but then you may have a pretty nasty surprise for the CRA. So keep that in mind. If you're looking to do this kind of day trading, make sure that you do it in a non-registered account. And um, to go on top of what I said... That being said, though, Simon, like I want to chime in there, though. Like That being said, if you you buy GameStop and you sell it and you you know, tripled your money in a few days. I'm not advising that this is what's going to happen or a legitimate investing strategy. I don't think the CRA is coming after you. Like, you got to be making like high frequency trades, like tons. Do you want to risk it? Though, a, is my question. Catch a radar. Yeah, and they're, what they write on when it comes to the TFSA and RSP is really, I mean, it leaves a lot for interpretation. And yeah, they might not come for you. And that's by you. design, right? That's yeah, by exactly. Design. They may not come for you, but they might as well. And you're really, you're, you're playing that gray area. So you might get away with it, but um, I would be very careful because they can pretty much enforce it however they want. So as soon as there's some inkling of uh, day trading on there, um, you have to be careful. Just know what you're getting into. If you do buy it, you sell it quickly. I mean, just be aware that they may come back and say that they consider that trading. Oh, God, this is this is great. (laughs) This is great. We have usually such a like set Google Doc that we go off of for stuff to talk about and useful investing advice. And now we're talking about straight stonks. I love it. Um, Let's switch gears before we go back into the GameStop saga. Uh, real businesses have reported earnings uh, in the last 24 hours and more to come. It's earnings season. 
for Q4, so 2020 results coming out. Uh, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, MasterCard, in terms of like the mega tech, the mega caps, all reported in the last 24 hours. And whoa, some monster quarters from some big tech firms. Uh, Microsoft's report was one of the best reports I've ever seen. Stocks up 5%. Apple had a great report. Facebook had a great report, but you know Zuck uh, has warned about their ongoing battle with, with Apple and how it's going to pick up. Uh, so those stocks have done nothing or trading lower. On bonkers growth, like cl- the cloud business for Mac- Microsoft is up 50% in revs. For, for trillion in market cap companies, I can't believe it's it's a little bit unbelievable how they're pulling off these growth numbers and one of my bold predictions was that these big tech firms would become like value stocks in 2021 as they enter like extreme profitability and they're just like boring for the for the uh, for the retail guy and that's what we're seeing right like these blowout quarters a year or two ago Stocks would be up huge based on like my interpretation of, of the report. So uh, did you notice anything that, you know, kind of the environment we're working in right now that just no one cares about Microsoft's unbelievable Q4? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they really had a great quarter. Um, their cloud business has just increased. Uh, I think it's on fire. I can't remember the exact percentage. But 50% revs. Okay. There you go. And I think their total increase in revenue was 17 or 18 percent just going off on memory. Uh, but those aren't sexy stocks. Right. And to me, it's I'm not saying it's 19, uh, 1999 again, but um, there's definitely some aspects of the stock market right now where I kind of scratch my head, um, you know, game stock aside. Um, there are a lot of stocks that um, they really look like they're being pumped by all this fresh money coming in um, you have companies that are not really great and they're going up for whatever reason and you have companies that are losing money that have no end in sight no path to profitability that are still going up and up um, but having said that i think there's still some value plays um, the big tech companies i think offer a decent value right now let's we'll we'll say relatively compared to the market but there's other things i mean one of the things i've been buying recently i've said it before uh, for me it's been uh, brookfield infrastructure partners and they're a bit more they've gone up recently but also the data reads the data reads were when the markets were going way way up they were kind of staying flat or going down a little bit so i scooped up a lot of shares of um uh, digital realty stru- trust and also Equinix, so you can Did still you bought you bought some Equinix as well. Yeah, yeah, I actually yeah, started a man. pretty good man. Yeah, my position's actually pretty decent now because I just kept scooping it up a little bit every uh, every couple of weeks. The price was staying still, going down. Um, but all that to say that there is some value to be found. But um, don't get me wrong, there's also a lot of euphoria in the markets, and I think GameStop's a bit of an example of that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, game stonk is how we should refer to it. Uh, so this this brings up a good point, right? Because I'm looking at this as there are some great results coming out from great companies. And if there is a disconnect between 
real business results, business fundamentals, and the price, this is when we have opportunity. And that's always been the case for opportunity. And there could be lots of opportunity this year to buy great businesses. And I saw a tweet today that made me laugh a lot, is that just remember that Warren Buffett is in his office room with no screens reading a book right now. Like, I just love that. Like, I can picture him just reading, just lost in a good book right now in his office. Um, and has obviously, I'm sure he has an idea of what's going on. But just the guy is so unfazed, and I can just picture it. And it's we can all learn a lesson from that, th- that scene right there of just Buffett reading a book right now and not worrying about everything. That just, that kills me. Uh, okay, so I have some news because I hold these, these stocks. I did say in my bold predictions that Canadian industrials, TFI, would have a huge year. Uh, TFI is already up 33% year to date. Most of these moves happening, they bought UPS Freight for $800 million. UPS Freight did $3 billion in revs last year, in revenue last year. Uh, that's pretty decent value on a sales multiple, so we'll see how they integrate that. I heard an interview with Alain Bedard, the CEO, a uh, good French-Canadian guy, and uh, they are value creators, and they're good integrators, and this seems like a pretty, pretty good deal, and it's a huge one in terms of the actual revenue base for TFI to add three billion in revs, so uh, that's that's interesting to see how they that that unfolds. WSP, the engineering firm, just made two acquisitions yesterday. They bought KW Mission Critical Engineering, 175 employees out of New York, and they also bought TK1SC. I'm not sure if that is supposed to stand for something that I don't know about. But that's a 240-employee firm. Uh, both firms do civil engineering, data centers, healthcare, and uh, they're both operating out of the U.S. So these companies both making the critical. I mean, they're serial acquirers, and they are continuing to acquire. So if you have a serial acquirer that's not making moves, then it's not doing its job. So I, I like to see that. Okay, let's let's go back. Let's get real business news. What are we doing, Simon? Let's go back to Game Stonk because you brought up a good point. Hey, it's before. a real business. Let's not, uh, you know. Sure, easy. sure. <laughs> it's a real, but it, it, but its price is disconnected from the yeah, business. I knew what you were saying, but uh, <laughs> had, to, had to be a bit of a smart ass. Eh? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, so you brought up a good point, right? I'll take this one away because I, I have something to add to it too. But like the Robin Hood free concept, right? Like, tell me what you were saying about that before. Yeah. So the Robin Hood. I mean, we've heard for years now that Robin Hood has free, uh, you know, free stock purchases, free trades. It also has like fractional shares and so on. And a lot of big brokerages in the states have followed suit. Um, but it's always important to remember that there's really nothing that's free. Um, so yes, Robinhood may look free. Facebook may look free. 
Uh, but these platforms, they monetize your information in one form or another. So you have to really keep that in mind. Um, and we were just talking about that uh, just before the episode started. And uh, when Braden was mentioning, I think, um, one of the, uh, the squeeze uh, Melvin Capital, right? So when they, um, they're using, you were saying like uh, they're using Robin Hood's data um, somehow. Anyways, you can elaborate Citadel. on that. Yeah, Citadel. Citadel is. Yeah. Citadel is, and Citadel owns Melvin Capital. There you go. Threw them a two, almost three billion dollar lifeline. Was it Tuesday or yesterday? These days are blending together in us on the story. But uh, so yeah, there's a there's a conflict there, right? But this stuff is monetizable, even if you're not paying for the trades. Like, so it goes back to that Silicon Valley concept, right? If the product is free, you are the product. It's a classic Silicon Valley tech business model that has had so much success in the last couple decades. Like, if the product is free, you are the product. Your data is the product. Your attention in the attention economy is the product. And so let's not forget where inflows of cash are going to Robinhood from. There's a conflict happening here. Uh, some of it looks like some pretty hefty white-collar crime, but I don't know all the facts yet. So just something to like consider there, right, is with this free trading um, they can do a lot more. They, the brokers can do a lot more to your account than people think. Yeah, I think that's what that's what people need to realize. Yeah, and I wonder. Uh, I really wonder what uh, will come out of that with the SEC. I really don't know what direction they're going to take. But are they going to clamp down on Robinhood? Are they going to try to put some regulations? And I have no idea how they would go ahead and do that. But on these types of groups, um, like Wall Street Bets, uh, which a side note, did you see that they've gone private now? Invite only? Oh, they're back open now. Are they back open? That was last night for like an hour or something. Oh, okay. I guess I, I miss that. It's ever-changing. I feel like we'll refresh it <laughs> while we're doing the episode. Some new news well, will, here's will the come thing. back if we Here's the thing. If we record it tomorrow, it would be different. Right? Yeah, it could be exactly. a different discussion. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I, it's crazy. I wonder what the SEC will do. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I have a feeling that they may clam down on Robin Hood for this. Um, I think the SEC has a general rule. They don't want to disturb the free market. Um, I get that it's, I don't know. It's hard to to put some regulations on a bunch of traders just going together and trying to pump a stock. But at the same time, I'm not sure if they'll see Robin Hood in a very good eye seeing them limit trading when it's not put in place by the SEC. The SEC can very well halt trading for a stock, which will do it for all platform, but halting trading also means that you can't buy or sell. Uh, but freezing just buying and allowing people to sell, to me, there's something just not right that feels with that. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe they won't do anything, but I'm hoping that they'll step in and uh, probably give Robinhood at least a significant fine. It's, that's, it, that's right. Like you're, you're, you're saying you can sell, but you can't buy the stock. So what does that do to the price? Oh, wait, like obviously 
we know how that's that's obviously we know how that story goes so i think well simple kind of had a pretty smart um like pr moment today where they just came out and said hey we are not going to limit anyone's ability to buy or sell certain stocks that we decide right like that's that's not what this is that's not what we're about and that we are making sure that the spread on market buys is within 5%, which I think is great, right? This, this is important stuff because if you go on and you buy something as volatile as GameStop that's you know moving up and down like 50 US dollars every few minutes, if you buy it at market price, you can get screwed over really, really quick. I mean, anyone buying the stock today should know that they could probably lose it all as well as they could you know, triple it tomorrow. It's anyone's guess. But I thought they had a pretty good PR moment there. We're just like, we are protecting people because the volatility is insane, but we're not going to you know, decide who and what you can invest in. So they played that pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it's not their role to do so, in my opinion. Uh, be you know you're you're a new investor you want to put money in whether you want to trade or invest that's up to you it's your own money and the platform should not uh, dictate that um, and remember when we talked about stop losses that's probably the the one time I would probably <laughs> right it, yeah is when uh, if I were in GameStop right now I'd probably put a stop loss at some point just uh you know keep some of those profits but um, I mean for if we have some listeners that were in on GameStop and I know you had someone messaging you saying that uh, they didn't listen to our advice and they went ahead and buy it, I think a year or so ago when we had that episode. But if you made uh, some profits, good for you. Um, you know, it's it's great to make short term profits. But, uh, you know, just be careful thinking that this will be the case with these type of bets every time because, you may get a big winner, but then you might get 20 losers uh, where you get basically wiped out or have some big losses. So just just keep that in mind. There's a reason it's called Wall Street bets, not <laughs> Wall Street investing. So I, I think, I honestly think like for the most part in 2020, there was all these new investors. There's going to be more from this. I honestly think that people who are getting into names like Nokia, AMC, GameStop, like these like on the verge of bankruptcy. I'm not saying like Nokia's got stuff going with 5G and whatever and AMC just shored up their balance sheet, sure whatever. But these like businesses that were thriving in 2004 with a lot of short interest are the ones that are thriving. And I think most people like really know that they're just gambling and that they don't have some sort of expectation that this is investing. I could be totally dead wrong. You're more uh, optimistic than I am. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know I am. I, you, uh, I mean, people how like can penny you not, stocks. Though? How though? can you not know AMC, who's not even open, is not a thriving business? 
Yeah, but people look at charts, right? They'll see charts and they get all excited. They see a stock at like $5 or whatever the price is. It's super cheap in dollar value, not like business value. Um, and they see that, they get excited. They'll see a stock. I've heard that. I've read that on forums more than once. And I've seen that quite a bit is someone will see a stock at $2 and they're like, oh, it just needs to go to $4 and I'll double my money without looking at the market cap, the fundamentals of the company, what's going on. They just look at that and in their mind, it's easier to get a double from a two to four right. than a $100 company or a $100 share company that may have tremendous growth prospect and could easily double in a few years. In their mind, they just see the pure double of a small number versus a big number and i've seen that a lot on various forums on reddits um, that's why i i mean i think a lot of people know that it's more gambling with this kind of stuff but unfortunately i mean i'm afraid that some people will lose um their shirt and money that they should not have been putting um that they couldn't afford to lose yeah well we are on the canadian investor pod so listeners of this podcast know what we're about we we're we're a couple of compounder bros that like good businesses that are term that have terminal values much higher than the current state. Hot old baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we've been we've been talking about hold for years, man. We've been holding the line on great businesses. You know, we're we're real contrarians out here now. Yeah, I know. We feel like dinosaurs compared to what's going on. We're a couple of boomers in the stock market now. Yeah. Um, okay, so the, like looping back around on this, right, is if you want to do, if you want to join the fun, you just can't resist. I am seeing all kinds of people betting money. They have no business betting. Like zero, like no business betting. I'm seeing it. I know it. I have friends, and I know their situation. <laughs> they have absolutely no business doing this. So don't do that. Like be careful, honestly. And uh, if you don't have an emergency fund, do not pile into AMC stock. Like seriously, <laughs> this is nuts. Uh, but if you really want to. You can't lose something. Like you can't go in expecting that the last few days of nutty performance are going to continue, because the math of compounding—if you just like magically doubled your money every day—you'd be a trillionaire in no time. And obviously, that's not happening. So let's peel back the expectations, take a deep breath, and uh, listen to the last. 50 odd episodes of the TCI podcast you'll be you'll be locked and loaded yeah and if you're gonna think about AMC go for Cineplex instead at least go for the Canadian <laughs> play <laughs> yeah at least pump the Canadian one Cineplex oh god it's not doing good <laughs> I, I haven't even thought of looking that up oh it's not <laughs> good it's not good it's a uh, 670 million market cap roughly and uh it's down 10 percent today it's I mean, it's been uh, on a, it's down like 70% since its peak of uh, last year around this time. It's, uh, it's not looking oh good. Oh my God. Yeah. It's down 80% since 2017. More than 2017. that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Since 2017, I was just looking one year, but. Um, 91% if, if we, if we go back to October. So it's, it's up 121% <laughs> since October. Yeah. 
And I was kidding. Uh, I'm not advising buying Cineplex, obviously. No, of course. But but Simon has a dividend yield of 17%. Come really? on. Really? I don't even see it. They must have cut it recently. I don't even see they it. Probably, they yeah. probably cut it. Uh, but the point being here is don't go for high risky high-yield dividend stocks like Cineplex because you might lose your hat, and that's not very fun. Um, okay. This... We might have to have like an emergency episode uh, next week if this gets more nuts. But let's leave it there. If you want to invest with your long-term portfolio with good data, everything the opposite of what we've been talking about, get stockmarket.com. You can go on there and use my software that is very powerful for long-term investors. Is it going to be useful for your GameStop trade? No, absolutely not. Is it going to be good for determining uh, what companies have good balance sheets and which companies are growing fast with the screener? Yes, that might be a little bit more useful for you. Um, I might have to start doing deep dives on some businesses from 2003, like maybe Blockbuster. What do you think, Simon? Good luck with that. (laughs) We got to... I'm kidding. We got to find the most outrageous 2000 and company that thrived in the early 2000s and, and go deep that there way. has to be a like a tech play of some sort that's still alive but just uh, threading water i'm sure we could find something is myspace publicly traded i saw sears <laughs> i saw sears had a bit of a day today too Oh my god, yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure. I know one uh, Sierra Wireless one that's been around for a while. Um, we could. It's traded on the TSX too. Oh god, you just never know anymore. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that does it for this week, guys. If you're having fun with it, like I am, Reddit r slash Wall Street Bets is good entertainment. They are a vulgar group. I will uh I will advise you. They got kicked off Discord. Do you see that Discord banned them? Yeah, I saw they that. Have, yeah. They, yeah, that's where they're of really, the language used, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they call themselves very derogatory terms. They they're very self degrading, the this group. Um <laughs> But it's uh some good memes in there. So I mean if you want to have some entertainment, go there. That does it for this week, guys. We will see you next week. Let's keep it to to, to good investments next week. What do you think? Definitely, Simon? yeah. I think we'll uh, we'll get back to normal and uh, maybe pitch in a, an emergency episode if uh, there is more craziness. <laughs> no more memes. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye bye. The Canadian investor is not to be taken as investment advice. Braden or Simon may own securities mentioned on this podcast. Always make sure to do your own research and due diligence before making investment decisions.